Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the PTBC podcast. Today we're doing a bit of a special episode. We wanted to give uh, everybody a bit of an update on uh, on the PTBC crew, uh, what we've been up to, uh, some new additions uh, uh, to our podcasting game, elevating the game from McMaster. We'll chat about that in a second. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about um, some new faces on here as well. Um, we've definitely had quite the journey in the last year and seven or eight months now that we've been kind of doing this podcast so you know I thought it was uh you know time that we share with what we've been up to since being students to new grads and now transitioning over to kind of uh now that we're practicing for a little bit longer um but yeah so today we got we're joining we're joined by uh, Slava Blocken from uh from Ontario Got Justin Ma from Ontario as well. Um, Veronica Hatcher, who's our newest uh, from Ontario as well. And me, Sarush, who's ex-Ontarian, now current Albertan for, <laughs> for the next while. Um, so we're going to give us an update. To, but uh, I'll give the floor. I actually want to give the floor to our newest member first to kind of give uh, an intro of herself uh, to just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, your background, where you go to school, what your plans are afterwards and kind of how you got in touch with these uh, how you got stuck with us <laughs> okay so i'm veronica i'm currently in my second year at mcmaster university in the physio program so going to be graduating in the fall and then figuring out life from there um i'm in hamilton and checking out the hamilton area looking for what kind of jobs to be getting Hopefully not moving across the country like some of us do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I met um, Slava and Cheruz, uh with the private practice division for some of their meetings. I've been hanging out on the exec there as the second year student rep for Mac and getting to know the game. Cool. What's your, what's your big, have you heard of a bag, B-H-A-G? No big hairy audacious goal what's your what's your 10-year <laughs> goal like where do you see yourself in in 10 years um hopefully with my own clinic that's like okay. the end game goal to get a job manage a clinic and then eventually get my own it's a big hint hint to our Ontario current clinic owners for any possible expansions in the Hamilton area. So <laughs> definitely hit up uh, Veronica. Um, what did you, uh, what is your favorite memory from PT school so far? Favorite memory? Probably I just spent the summer up north and okay. even though it was not where I want to end up living and not the kind of, like it was acute care, which I don't want to be doing. It was still like a really great experience and like, loved it up there and loved it for the two months so what did you love about it um just like the outdoors I'm like a huge like gotcha. hike camping person and in the summer in Thunder Bay there's a ton of that so okay gotcha. I was there for the perfect time exactly I was gonna say yeah in the winter I'm not sure but no. in the summer <laughs> you don't go yeah. outside <laughs> I, I would I would spend the whole summer in Thunder Bay for sure the place yeah. looks beautiful that's awesome. And what is your, like, what's your next uh, placement? Have you guys figured that out yet? Or, Yep. I'm going to be at Joseph Brandt in Burlington in okay. cardiac rehab. 
Okay. Cool. Months, so cool. Okay. Well, while we have you on the mic, maybe um, give us a little bit of an overview difference between, because we all went to UFT and I know you went to Mac and there's definitely some differences there. Um, how, how's kind of, how's Mac structured in terms of their programming? Well, if you ask someone that goes to U of T, we don't go to class ever, <laughs> um, but we have a bit of a different structure because we only have our labs and then our tutorials, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we've got like our six hours of lab a week and then our like four hours of tutorial and the rest mm -hmm. of the time, you're just kind of figuring it out on your own. You get a case that you're going to cover for two weeks and you kind of read the case and figure out everything you need to know to be able to like diagnose and treat the patient in front of you. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so very I, case based. Yeah. I like hated it at first, but then once you get used to it, you kind of have like a new appreciation for being able to do your own thing and figure out like what's best for you and why you would treat that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because, you know, the way I think if I envision the perfect program for me personally, it would be one year where it's exactly like UFD, very didactic, giving lectures on the basics. And then the full second year is almost all case-based. And so, which, you know, you do get that, but we do have that in modules and within each module is a little bit like that. But I think like the full second year, because when you go into practice, it's very much case-based, right? So every yeah. case is different, everyone's different. So how you treat one person versus another is, is very different. Um, and even case-based in terms of like the business practice management side of things too, right? What do you do when this happens? What do you do when that happens? Like, what do you do if there's a coronavirus outbreak, right? Like uh, these are all actual things that you have to, you, you do have to deal with, right? Um, and so there's a lot of different like levels to that. So it's really interesting, um, kind of the different, I mean, the different schools have structured based on obviously the type of personalities they take. I know Matt, you have the MMI um, and versus the UFT who has the cap. And now I think they brought in Casper as well. I think this is their new edition, newest edition, um, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, but um, what's your like, what do you want to, cause I know, so we've been, you know, we've had a bunch of people on the episodes already and, you know, some really, really good speakers. Is there, uh, is there anybody you're looking forward to having on, uh, and speaking with or any type of individual or type of entrepreneur? Um, I'm really excited for some of the stuff we've got coming up. Some of the more like female based speakers. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got, um, Jesse and Lauren coming up and I'm really mm -hmm. excited be a part of that podcast um, as like a young female trying to get into starting her own business having some role models like that would be amazing so I'm really excited for those mm -hmm. and what do you hope to kind of learn from the episodes and being a part of kind of the uh, the recording cast um well, I really kind of like to learn from the mistakes of others, so I don't have yeah. to make them all of myself, mm -hmm. as bad as I can sound. Um, sometimes it's nice to learn what not to do and then figure out what to do on your own. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, one of the best ways to learn. Um, you know, most people make you know, these mistakes. And I think a lot of people are guided by their mistakes and you know, their failures and not really as much as their successes. Right. Um, so it's actually going to be pretty interesting. All the individuals that we do have upcoming, like you said, um, they've had, you know, 
who've had very fruitful careers, um, they've had very interesting mistakes they've made. And I think it's just a natural part of the journey, right? If you have to make a few mistakes to be able to uh, kind of continue going forward. Um, I know I've made plenty of mistakes so far, so I'm looking forward to, ne- to the next 20 I'll probably make this week, which is great, but <laughs> lots of learning, right? That's awesome, though. Um, cool. So again, want a big, big shout out to Veronica for for uh, joining us on these episodes. Um, I want to, you know, uh, throw the mic to uh, Justin. I know Justin's been doing some some pretty cool things now, uh, um, especially with his second uh, location that he's working at as well. Um, Justin, do you want to give us an update and kind of maybe give us an update on your transition since uh, since we kind of were in school and now outside of school and and what's been happening. Yeah, so I first started uh, working full-time at a chiropractic clinic downtown. It's called Alzington Chiropractic. Um, So I've been working there for the past, ever since I graduated, and then um, had an opportunity. It was actually, I met the co-founder of the clinic that I'm working out of now through the Accelerate uh, event Mm -hmm. uh, with with Daryl, with Sanjeev, with Rick Lau. And we kind of connected there and uh, the opportunity presented itself for, for me to kind of grow my, my practice with my team um, in their clinic space. So, you know, just, it just felt like it was a time to start there. So now I'm also working two days a week on the side to grow my own kind of practice in Mississauga. Um, it's out of a clinic called Revive. And so we're just learning to, to grow our business, uh, learning the, the ins and outs of, of, the struggles as to growing a, a practice on your own and, and learning the marketing, learning the, the, the operations from, from that end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to get back, I want to get into that a little bit too, uh, Justin, a little bit later, but you know, we've been, we've been friends for a very long time as well. And like, we've known each other through the podcast. You know, I've seen you evolve from, you know, this student to this superstar clinician. So what have you noticed or how, what have you learned in the last, um, in the, uh, since you graduated pretty much, what have you learned or what's one tip that you could give to our listeners who are kind of going through that same transition? I think the biggest thing for me was um, in terms of just, honing my skills as a clinician especially as a new grad was you know to focus on the soft skills i think that you know as a, as a new grad you know we may not have the most experience right we don't we don't have we don't we don't have our hands on as many bodies we haven't interacted we haven't seen as much injuries but i think the biggest thing that i focused on that really helped me develop my caseload and kind of and actually help people was you know working on the little things right so working on my communication my communication is by far one of the most important skills that uh, we need to develop as therapists, right? And being able to communicate first, not only our treatment plan, right? But communicate, you know, our value and what we're able to do. And, you know, just certain little things as to, you know, using certain words. I think the soft skills, communication, um, you know, connecting, building rapport, active listening, I think those are all really important. And I think that has really helped me over this last year to help build my caseload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great answer. I, I do agree with that. I think, you know, a lot of times um, we might uh, shift the focus almost like 95% to hands-on skills, but sometimes forgetting about this, all the stuff around um, the clinical skills as well is, is super. It's, it's definitely a big learning I've had as well. Uh, I want to actually throw the mic to Slava as well. We're going to get back to you just for a second on kind of your journey, but anything that you've kind of learned in the last uh, last little bit since you graduated, uh, as well, just to give some pro tips from that end. 
Well, 100% agree with uh, Justin that communication is key. <clears throat> you have to get the best out of your uh, patients in order for them to go through this rehab journey mm -hmm. all the way from the assessments um, and through the treatment plan and all the way to the discharge. Mm -hmm. They reintegrate back into their goals. But the one thing that I'd like to, um, the one tip I would like to give as a clinician is you have to evaluate how much value you're giving to the patient at each step of the journey as well. In the beginning of the rehab journey, you're definitely going to be more important to the client's success. And then later on, your role starts to fizzle out and you have to recognize and your treatment plan has to reflect that as well in order for the patient uh, to be as successful on their journey as possible. So always keep in mind uh, the value that you're providing to the patient. Don't think about the monetary gain because it is tempting to go <laughs> come in every single day of the week and see me, right? I can help you. I can 100% take you there. But you have to recognize that there's multiple factors in the world. There's the finances, uh, the benefits. Uh, patient's time commitment, right? And it's not just about the physio, they have the rest of their lives to worry about. So you have to always be thinking how much value you provide at every single point. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think, you know, especially during the middle of the treatment plan, as you're kind of progressing through, we do see a very high kind of drop off rate um, without even completion of their, uh, of their care plan. One of the research studies that wet PT did, um, they, uh, they found out from among their users and you know, their cohort of individuals, like seven out of 10 people didn't actually uh, complete their plan. So, you know, when you know 70% didn't even complete their plan, it's how likely is it that they actually, you know, met their goals. And, and that's actually very interesting because that will actually feed directly back into the profession too, because, you know, the more successful individuals come out of rehab, the more likely it is that people are going to be advocates of physiotherapy rather than going to their doctors and saying, oh, physio didn't work for me. Right. So, uh, you know, that's also a huge piece of it as well. But, you know, funny enough to your point about seeing them every single day, honestly, if money wasn't an issue for people, uh, I would see them every day. I think that people, you know, especially look at high performance, uh, like athletes as well. Obviously not everybody I treat is a high performance athlete, but I think that people like can benefit from having some sort of rehab every day. Now it doesn't have to be like physio every single day, but maybe they see physio massage, uh, chiro, just a combination that can maintain kind of their health as best yeah. as possible. And obviously empowering them to do things on their own as well. So it's going to be a period where you see them more often, like, you know, we usually do. And then afterwards they start to, um, you know, they start to actually uh, go home and maintain their program at home by themselves, right? But it's definitely an interesting one. I've been kind of, I've thought about that, you know, many times. I, I you know, if, if physio could be provided for everybody at any time, at any point, I think, you know, I, I might actually try to, you know, give them as much as I can up front and then just let them kind of carry that on themselves um, by themselves. And if there's a new injury or new uh, something that they need help with again, you know, that's when I'd be happy to help them again as well. But um, what are, what have you learned, uh, Veronica, in your in PT school overall in terms of um, the clinical care since you've been, you know, working with clients now through your placements? Is there anything that you've learned along the way? Um, I think a lot of it, like, I know it's talked about a lot, but just, like, seeing it firsthand is some of, like, the multi-dimensional components to, like, pain recovery and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm. I know you, like, learn about it, but it's different when you're working with a patient and you kind of hit a wall and then you kind of have to figure out what is the underlying issue as to why they're not getting better or why they're not doing mm -hmm. their home exercises or why, like, why they're not fully 
committed. Usually it's not like a time thing. Usually there's some kind of like underlying issue and sometimes getting to the bottom of that can, and like a lot of it comes down to like trust or like getting buy-in and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that was really interesting to me, building some of those like relationships and that trust and getting people to really buy into things. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what strategy did you try and use to kind of work on that buy-in because that what you mentioned is also really really important right if if someone's not really bought into your plan it's very low likelihood that you know they'll get the outcomes that they came for as well yeah um like for me I'm like my very little experience um a lot of the times it's like especially because I'm coming in and I'm introducing myself as a student Mm -hmm. um, I found like a lot of the times I had to get that first little success for them to trust me and be like oh she actually does know what she's doing Mm -hmm. and then that's a lot of it and then also just finding like why they're not like if they're saying that they're too busy like how can you work it into their time how can you kind of work around what they're doing and build that into their daily activities Mm -hmm. and once you get that first like ball rolling, I find it's a lot easier because people start to trust you and it's like, Oh, like maybe if I do do this, it will get better. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge, huge point you made. You just made there kind of working with the client to try to fit the program into their lifestyle as well. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, one, one thing I did was when I was first treating, I was over prescribing exercises. And I remember my clients would be saying like, okay, can we like tone down the exercises a little bit? Cause I was like, yeah, we got to do this exercise, this, 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 it's just got, it's just getting loaded up with exercises. So now to try to kind of ease that off I obviously kind of am more strategic with my exercises right because again someone's not going to be able to do like 30 different exercises every single day right so it's going to be way too hard to fit it into their schedule especially if they're running around like if it's for, if it's a desk worker maybe have neck pain what kind of exercise can you give them sitting sitting at the desk or what kind of uh, things can you give them when they're uh, you know at home or when you know if they have a small window of time how do you kind of manage that as well so that's a really good point for sure I think uh, that definitely goes a long way but uh, let me throw the mic back to Slava here I didn't give him a chance to uh, give us his hot take on the uh on the journey he's had since he's graduated so what what have you been up to well you know we started together at uh life mark way back when just yep. when we graduated and then <laughs> had to part ways uh with that company unfortunately for different reasons but um recently i've been uh, splitting my time between uh, managing a clinic in scarborough and ontario from MCI Physiotherapy and also uh, working as a physiotherapist at the Madison Clinic in Toronto on Young and Shepherd. So those two, um, I feel like were vastly different roles, but it didn't feel different because uh, at the um, at the Madison, the Cairo, who's the owner, is uh, he recognizes these limitations as well. He's uh, a perfect clinician, but he is not as sharp on the business side of things. So uh, when I came in and knowing what we learned together as PT Business Corner, transitioning some of that knowledge, speaking with the experts, uh, applying um, the, those ideas to the clinic, we were able to experience an 18.5 growth percentage uh, over the 20 years. So he's been open 20 years. Once we came in and implemented those things, we were able to achieve that percentage of increase in revenue. Um, in terms of managing the MCI physio, it was definitely a great 
um, learning experience as well. Um, it is definitely um, corporate physiotherapy, but they allowed me to build a kind of like a flagship clinic where I could test some of the systems. And you could really tell which systems are working and which are not because uh, when you're working in Scarborough, it is a little bit of a tougher market to uh, promote physiotherapy to because there's not as much awareness about what physiotherapy can do versus what chiro can do versus what massage can do and along with the doctor's office presence as well. So that was very interesting to um, test out some of those systems and uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. But I've decided to focus my efforts 100% in Madison just to commit really to getting that clinic as optimized as possible and uh, continue on from there. Oh, awesome. So what did you, how was the transition from going into just, you know, practicing as a clinician to now managing a team at, uh, at your other clinic in Ontario? Well, managing, you have to think like a leader, right? And you want to enable people around you. So mm -hmm. uh, when stepping into a management role, I told the general manager of the company that wanted to do my own hiring. And mm -hmm. we were really looking for people who are really coachable and open to learning because it doesn't matter if they, for example, the person we hired for the front desk, uh, she did not have any repeating skills for front desk, mm -hmm. but because she was coachable and really open to learning, she became a fantastic uh, asset to the team. And I really looked at her as kind of like a co-manager because we did a lot of things together to establish the system and she was amazing to the development. But again, you have to think about the other people in your clinic and make sure they're satisfied as much as possible and working as a team in order to provide the best service ever. It goes always goes beyond just thinking about your caseload, just thinking beyond your patients to trying to build something together okay. that consistently maintains momentum. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's very true. Yeah. You know, especially when you look at all these great companies that have built such a strong legacy within kind of within every industry, the tech industry, um, you know, the healthcare industry, all the different industries, they have a strong emphasis on their team and the people that are uh, within that team. So they, you know, they're able to try to pull the best out of everybody and um, group that together to create this package that just makes an invincible team. And I think that's definitely something that, you know, I've seen you do with uh, some of your team members as well. So that's been amazing to see for sure. But um, I want to ask, uh, I'd ask Slava and Justin, you guys, your BHAGs, your bags, <laughs> what's, um, what's the next 10 year going to look like for you guys? Justin, go ahead. <laughs> Slava needs some time to think. <laughs> oh man, it's, uh, we'll have to throw it back to you, Sirish, afterwards. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think one of the, the things that I've uh, wanted to work on, at least in, in the beginning, is to, to become the best clinician that I can be. Right. So just mastering my craft. Right. I, I know that um, in this profession, I'll never be the best that the the best of the best. But you know, as long as I'm striving towards excellence and um, always kind of have a beginner's mindset in terms of learning. I think that, you know, I'll co continually add more skills to my skill set and develop as a clinician, um, work on, right? And the second thing is to, to start a, to start a, a, a full-on business with, with a team that, that really resonates with, with the vision that we have, right? So right now my team 
besides me, they're all still in school, right? So we're not really up full and going yet. But, you know, once they graduate and once they start to get experience and, you know, we can start to kind of go that route as actually working together, practicing together, understanding how to grow and, and, and go from there. Just a big shout out to Art, Art of Mobility as well, AOM. Uh, again, that's at Art of Mobility. Just definitely make sure to give them a follow. Uh, Justin's uh, the founder of that, uh, of that group. Uh, and, you know, they, the rest of the group have, have been doing some amazing things as well. They've been really elevating the game uh, in terms of rehab and fitness information. So definitely make sure to check them out. Uh, I do also want to say, Justin, I strongly disagree. I don't think you won't be the best of the best. I think you can be the best of the best. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone's destined to be the best of the best. So you definitely can be. And based on what I've seen in the last year through mentorship bootcamp uh, with Daryl, uh, easily I could think I, I'd say that you will be one of the best of the best as long as you're kind of pursuing this uh, this knowledge and this um, this improvement every day like you are definitely I think so. So just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Appreciate you, Sarush. <laughs> Slava, how about you? Well, I actually came prepared this time. I evaluated my life. <laughs> like a nice reflection. I like it. All right. <laughs> so the firm answer is that in 10 years, I want to own a medical center that's uh, multidisciplinary. Um, I don't think I would want to stop at just owning a physiotherapy clinic, but I really want a whole uh, medical center together full mm -hmm. with um, X-ray, ultrasound, doctor's offices, different specialties, and uh, definitely rehab incorporated into it. Kind of like the one-stop shop for all of the patients and clients' needs. Um, I've really wanted to do that ever since I was like grade six. Because my dad, when me and him sat down in grade six, when we immigrated to Canada, we sat down and we're like, you know, <laughs> medical is like medical 100%. So um, and I've, I let my imagination run a little bit wild and we've come at a medical center. Let's see if we can execute it in this real estate market. <laughs> Might have to <laughs> swing over to Bali for <laughs> to open up a medical center. <laughs> Bali, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit of a ways away yeah. but you know i'll support you for sure <laughs> yeah no i that's an awesome goal i think My you've been talking about that even since the conference i remember that was one of your biggest dreams for sure uh how about you Sirish? what's your bag my big hairy audacious goal is uh honestly like the the thing that i i, I see myself in the future is um in a position where I can help people kind of break through a lot of the barriers that uh, I've been, I've been stopped by or not stopped by just temporarily paused by, um, you know, it could be from transitioning from school to work, from work to, you know, owning a clinic from owning a clinic to having multiple sites. Just, I want to be able to help uh, as many people as I can in terms of that and just, be kind of the guide for them to get to their their goal their goals and to kind of what their dreams or aspirations are that that's my dream I don't know if that's that makes sense but um, the other the other part of that is kind of being surrounded by by an awesome team that you can kind of work with every day just that you know you, it, nothing ever will feel like work right I think the concept of that that's kind of what I'm really chasing right? And, um, you know, it could be in the physio clinic or a multidisciplinary clinic, or it could be a solo practice. It doesn't really 
doesn't really matter. You can do that concept in multiple different ways. But for me, it's more of a concept that I'm after. And so I'm hoping that, you know, with kind of our initial, really our goal and one of the values that we have here is to help individuals learn and grow. So being in that position for other individuals, I think is super rewarding for me. I've always loved mentoring um, individuals who are, who are going through the same path that um, that I have already walked, and I, I you know, I, I love just kind of giving them pro tips and helping them guide them just along that path, so they, they don't have to make as many mistakes. They likely make mistakes, and I think it's good to make mistakes, but uh, just to kind of get them to that level. But yeah, that, that's my that's my bag. We're gonna be seeing you along with Tony Robbins and Gary Vee up there on the stage. <laughs> I don't talk as fast or as loud, so I might have to work on that first. <laughs> so you're going to fly in with your helicopter. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, helicopters don't look as safe anymore, so I might have to take a train. <laughs> the Red Rocket, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, what was it? The v- via rail. That's the train. <laughs> so, Sarish, I'm curious. Um, yeah. You know, you've been out uh, out west for a while now in Edmonton. Um, yeah. What's the one biggest takeaway that you've had since you've been there? Now that you kind of transitioned to more of a management leader leadership role, what's that? What's the one big takeaway that you've um, had so far? since moving from Toronto? I think the biggest takeaway that it's always been a thought I've had, but I think this really confirmed uh, this takeaway is your mentors, is who your mentors are. Um, I've been working very closely with Sanjeev Bhatia from Clinic Accelerator, with Paul Moon as well from Accelerator and and Daryl Yardley. And, um, you know, these are individuals who had so much success in the field who've been, you know, who are, like eons above, you know, where, where I'm at right now. But, you know, every time you have a chat with them, you, you just leave, you leave the conversation feeling like, man, I got to do something better. (laughs) Every time I have a conversation, they're just, they just do things so well now because obviously they've had their reps, you know, and I'm, I'm getting my reps in as well here, but they're able to really push me past my own boundaries every single week. And really, honestly, it's not comfortable, but I don't think I, I, you know, I've never, it didn't, I didn't want to be here to be comfortable. I think, you know, I came here to be pushed and that's, that's what, you know, they've been able to do. And I think, you know, if I were to give a, uh, any advice to anybody who wants to do anything in anything really is super vague, but you gotta have somebody who can be uh, with you, mentoring you, but pushing you past what you can do and helping you grow from that aspect as well. And you have to push yourself, obviously, as well. You know, it can't be just only the mentor, but um, just working with Sanjeev, Paul, and Daryl, and just uh, they've been able to really make me think a different way. They've, they've pushed kind of my mental boundaries in terms of like how I visualize things, how I approach uh, situations, I think. And this is stuff you, you really can't, you can't, it's hard to teach this in school. This is stuff that you do have to learn um, you know, in the process of things. And I think if you don't have somebody right now in the immediate, like just tomorrow, if you can't think of one person who's pushing you every single week, this is where my next step would be to see if you can find that person. So that's kind of been my biggest learning. 
Oh, man. For sure. And these individuals, um, we talk about mentorship all the time in physiotherapy, right? We talk about how mentorship is important, how we have to have that mentor with us all the mm-hmm. time. And it definitely has to go beyond just the clinical aspect of it all. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's good to have different mentors as well for different kind of aspects of your performance. Yep. One for clinical, one for personal, one for the business side of things. And uh, um, these three individuals really combine a lot of expertise, Sanjeev, Paul, and uh, Daryl, into the areas of business, the clinical, as well as the personal, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically, just the ways uh, they all think is yeah. when they think about a problem, they can find the one solution that will take you uh, miles forward. And Absolutely. just being around them, uh, mm-hmm. takes it a whole lot of stuff further. I do want to also add, you know, not just having those mentors, but uh, the people you work with as well. I think like I've been actually, so one of the reasons why I came out here was um, because I got to meet uh, a couple of amazing individuals who had a very similar vision in terms of what they wanted to do with the rehab space. So Amin Hansra, as well as uh, Matt Carson, uh, they've been able to, uh, they've had this, they share the same vision. You know, they didn't like the way rehab was. They didn't like the way things were done and they don't like the status quo. Neither did I. And I think coming together, having individuals who are like, very motivated and who are driven or working extremely hard to try to push the boundaries on this vision and just keep going forward faster and, and stronger than ever. You got to have some, something like that as well around you. Again, every new grad I talk to, the one tip I always give them as well is just choose the people around you wisely. It's, it's more about the people around you than about the actual clinic itself. Like just because they have Shockwave or, or a Theragun doesn't mean that it's going to be the best clinic. You just have to choose the clinic with the people that will help you grow and get you to that next step. So those have been really um, important learnings that I've had so far. And again, it's all the, the people to people stuff, right? It's been, that's the hardest to, to grasp as well, but it's also one of the most important that resonates so much with me. I think, you know, it's so important to surround with people, surround yourself with people that push you to the next level. You know, uh, I think that's what makes the journey rewarding, right? It's not necessarily the end goal. It's about you know, going through that jungle, going through the process with people who are like-minded, mm-hmm. who, who will challenge you to take that next level forward. Right. And I think you have a great team in Edmonton that pushes you, that's, that pushes you to become better. Right. And I've seen that evolution, you know, from, time that you left Toronto to, to where you are right now, like, you know, just our, from our previous conversations, just the, the level of knowledge that you have, the your expertise that you have, the, the information that you're able to, to share with Slava, myself and uh, other people. It's, I think that just from these past couple of months, you've really, really taken that step, next step forward. Appreciate that. Well, Veronica, what about, what about you? Are you um, like, what have you, I actually had a, a question about you. Cause I know you've been, um, you know, you've done these uh, placements already and you've, you've learned about like just how people function in different teams. What, um, what have you kind of taken away from that in terms of people within teams in different settings? So especially like acute care versus private practice. And I know you worked with Amber Lee pretty closely as well. And she's definitely an amazing leader in the profession. So what have you noticed from kind of working at different settings, different people? Um, I think it really depends on like where you are. And I don't know if it's kind of set up in like the history of the clinics where Mm -hmm. new people coming in just have to follow that. Or if it's just different personalities all coming together, but I've had like a couple different private practice um, placements. And my first one 
was actually on campus at Mac and there was nothing wrong with it, but it was very much like everyone came in, saw their patients and was very individual, um, which is fine. Like a lot of people prefer to work that way. But when I was working with Amberly at her clinic, um, one of like the best things that I experienced there was that the team was very like integrated. So even to the point where like if a client was coming in and they couldn't get in on Amberly's schedule, it was not a big deal for them to go see the other physiotherapist because they were so closely connected and like very respectful of each other's like profession, I guess, and their different judgment and stuff like that. And it was just really nice because I was bouncing back and forth between the different physios at the clinic and there was just that camaraderie and everyone was working on the same team. All the assistants were like very open about like what they thought and how they were working and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I'd, like, that's something that really drew me to that kind of model. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the other one. It was just, I really appreciate working in that kind of an environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I think, um, again, like you said, I think to each of their own, I think this will come down to, um, each person's goals in life so if if the if work is just work kind of for them then you know it is what it is but um you know I'm I'm also similar to you I think uh going into a place with really positive morale and just everybody working with each other rather than beside each other I think is definitely an important important thing um what did you like from what's what's one thing other than in terms of just the leadership within uh and release clinic that you liked uh, compared to some other places that you've been into um like what i liked about amberly's clinic yeah in terms um, of, from a leadership standpoint um both like everyone that i worked with there was like really great but like especially amberly is like an amazing mentor um i've always been very comfortable asking for help if i don't know what to do like i'm always fine with that but am really really made it feel very comfortable like there was no stupid questions and like she always had time to be able to answer the question and i think that's really something that like i look for as a student and a mentor is someone where i feel comfortable asking those questions and i know that they're going to take the time to give me the right answer and if they don't know the answer, they're going to take the time to figure that out. And they're comfortable enough in their self and their own skills to say like, Hey, I don't know, but I can figure that out. Mm-hmm. And like, that was really good for me, especially because it was my last private practice placement. I had a lot that I wanted to learn and kind of similar to what you were saying earlier, like early didn't really let me give up on those goals. So yeah. it was kind of like, Hey, even though you've been only been, a student for a year like if you want to work in private practice you have to be able to have a full caseload and she really pushed me to be able to do that mm-hmm. even when I didn't feel 100% comfortable on it but I was able to do it and she mm-hmm. saw that in me even when I didn't and I really appreciated having that push mm-hmm. awesome big shout out to Amberly for being such a good mentor <laughs> I'll make sure to I'll get her to uh, listen to this episode just for this part <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about uh, how about you guys, uh, Slava and uh, Justin? What um, what kind of recent experiences with your mentor have you had, and you know what what did you like about it? Uh, maybe we'll start with you, Slava, this time. Did you say with the mentor? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of experiences? Well, yeah. Uh, the thing is, uh, they open up a new level of thinking because one issue that happened over my past years that. 
I committed a hundred percent to working like as much as possible. And, uh, uh, what it became, my life became all about work. And then the rest of the life revolved around the work relationships, all the different kinds of things. Uh, what the mentor helped to do is put things in perspective on a global scale is that you have to approach it from your uh, perspective of lifestyle as opposed to just work, work, work and things that come out of that. So that was a big uh, learning experience. And in terms of the team, um, you're, it's amazing to work with individuals and mentors who are motivated beyond just money because money is, again, just a means to an end. But when people like Emberly or like Daryl, uh, Sanjeev, Paul, the whole accelerator team are looking beyond money, you can definitely create a purpose uh, that's much more meaningful to work to. And you can rally the whole team around that, which is fantastic. I'm sure you've experienced that uh, out west in Alberta, where it's the money is just a product of your success, right? Of your purpose and you working towards your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I personally, I chase the lifestyle. I don't chase the money. I think that's kind of a, yeah, I don't know. For me, that's just, that's my personal preference. I definitely agree with that. How about you, Justin? I think for me, it's very similar to Veronica. I think it's a good mentor provides a safe space for you to be vulnerable and for you to, to feel safe to ask questions, right? I, I think that for all of us, we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And, you know, for someone that has a lot more experience than us to kind of show us the ropes, kind of give us a little, a little bit more of the tips and tricks along the way, um, as well as provide um, just constant support for us to when maybe we're not, we might not have the answers or we for some additional insight, I think that that's really important, right? So for in terms of mentorship bootcamp, you know, having Daryl in our corner, it by far has helped accelerate my practice. You know, he's been in game for, uh, you don't even know, decades now, right? And for him to just be there, right? So via email or, or a message on Slack away, I think that has really facilitated my growth. So absolutely. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Um, yeah, th that was pretty much uh, kind of all the questions that I had in my mind um, before we kind of wrap up the, <laughs> the episode here. Uh, do you guys have any questions? Otherwise, anything left on the table? Anything from your end, Veronica? No, it was great. Awesome. Awesome. Slava, Justin. Now, the thing uh, that's really rewarding to be with Lucian Justin is the fact that how you guys have evolved. I've known you from the first year of physio school mm -hmm. and how you have evolved in your skills and even the way of thinking again, uh, just stepping it up consistently, going through some mistakes and actually learning from them and not just saying that, oh, blaming it on luck or blaming it on circumstances, um, certain things that you've taken away. And Veronica, it's just excellent to see how much you're, you're on the microphone. Like you're miles ahead of where we used to be when we started the PTBC. Absolutely. It was a lot of um, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. You're definitely, you're definitely a natural at this and it's excellent to see you a part of our team as well. And much thing more is, um, than us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just make sure that uh, one advice I have for all of us and for all of our listeners is that you're consistently in tune with what's happening around you because you're the only person who knows yourself a hundred percent. Nobody around you can know you a hundred percent as well as you. And if you consistently reflect on who you are, how the pathway is going, if you're moving towards your goals and if you're living with purpose, 
uh, you will always will be able to correct yourself onto the right course. Awesome. Wise, ver wise words from Mr. Blocken. I, I have nothing left to add. I think we should uh, end it on that good note by Slava there. <laughs> yes, the mic drop. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for that, Slava. Those are some great tips. <laughs> Dropping the mic breaks it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks guys for uh, for tuning again. Again, um, just want to give a shout out to Veronica Hatcher, who you'll be hearing more of as well. Um, shout out to her for her next uh, next year or so, going through the last little bits of physio school, the national exams, all the fun stuff that that all the fun little hurdles, quote unquote, uh, we had to go through. But uh, don't worry, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel we can all confirm uh <laughs> and again great work for slava and justin you guys have the, the, an outstanding job just kind of learning uh, taking all the stuff that our our uh, our guests have mentioned over the last uh 45 episodes and actually putting it to practice which is 99 percent of the people won't do because that's the hardest part to actually implement those things. So, um, so great work on that. Uh, and thanks uh, to our listeners. So this is just uh, hopefully give you guys an update of where we are. We'll do this again in a year, hopefully just to see where we are. Cause the last year has flown by and um, we're looking forward to the next uh, decade of things here. But uh, actually before we, we ended off any books that uh, you guys recommend uh, as a, as a book for our listeners that you've been reading and listening to lately. We'll start with you, uh, Justin. Currently reading Drive by Daniel Pink. I think it was recommended to me by a lot of uh, people that I've looked up to. So just understanding a better, uh, uh, more of the intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation behind why we do what we do, right? And I think that is helpful in terms of any ma management or leadership role. So, so yeah. Awesome. Slava. Um, I'm actually rereading one. I just finished the marathon of a book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, 23 and a half hours of listening time. <laughs> it was Jeez. complete life story. Holy, <laughs> but, um, I decided to go back to uh, just revising my habits on a daily basis and on a weekly basis with some high performing habits by <laughs> Brendan Burchard. Nice. Uh, just to make sure that we hit all those uh, six main uh, habits and uh, awesome. get uh, more efficient, more high performing. Cool. That's good. Yeah, that's a good, those are definitely really good recommendations as well. Veronica, how about you? Um, I mean, I don't read a lot other than textbooks, but one of um, the books that <laughs> Unfortunately, I... Uh, eh? <laughs> yeah. One of the books that I keep going back to, though, um, just it's more so from like an athlete's perspective, but it's called um, Mind Gym by Gary Mack and um, I always find it really helpful it kind of is part of that whole um, turn your thinking around when you start going through those like negative um, pathways or if you're really stuck in a rut then it kind of helps you to kind of work through that um, so I've always found it really helpful and I keep going back to it. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's actually really interesting because a lot of these teams that we have that perform the best, they're, they're like a sports team. You know, you have a coach, you have somebody leading charge. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic and it's very, very much like a sports team. So yeah, definitely, definitely I'll have to hit that up. Uh, for me, uh, honestly, even though I asked for the books, I'm actually not going to give books uh, because I've, you know, I've read a lot of books, but uh, what I found in is something that you can actually get a lot of quick tidbits of information to take away uh, two resources. I would highly, highly recommend. Um, one is WebPT, webpt.com. You can go there to their blog section.
Nation. A lot of real, lot of really cool stuff. Uh, we just did an episode that uh, we're going to be uh, releasing with with Heidi Janega as well. Uh, she's the co-founder of WebPT, and um, she's uh, she's got some really really interesting stuff on there. You can hear her on her uh, ep- webinar episodes as well. Um, the other one is actually called Center for Creative Leadership (CCL). Um, it's got a lot of a lot of really cool information. Um, on there as well with in terms of this uh, about leadership as well Um, you know how we can use technology for our leadership what are the different types of leadership Um, you know what's the current state of leadership that we're in 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 this day and age Uh, so those two highly recommend um, people check those out they've got a lot of uh, free blog content as well you can definitely check out so highly recommend those Um, if I did have to recommend a book I would say you know this is a book that we've used lately uh, a bunch as well is Traction just to uh, Traction by Dino Whitman when we've we've had that um, on PT Business Corner before um, and that was first recommended by Wendy Coombs. It's really interesting in terms of the meeting style they have but it's just more of a uh, it's uh, more of a philosophy to try to help organize the time that you have within the meeting so that you don't just you know ramble on for a couple hours and nothing really gets done which you know I've had those meetings plenty of times so um, and it's okay it's part of the learning but uh, that's definitely something I would recommend but uh, any other thoughts uh, hashtag sorry what Hashtag level 10 meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag level 10s. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Awesome friends. Uh, again, thanks. Uh, thanks for all of you uh, listening and thanks to uh, you friends, Veronica, Slava and uh, Justin for answering the tough questions today. <laughs> and um, we'll chat soon. So stay tuned for our next few episodes that are going to be upcoming in 2020. Definitely got some good ones uh, in store for you guys. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.